welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Do you know that primitive people believed no one died unless he had been done in by his doctor? It's true. Of course, today we're very civilized, very sophisticated, very enlightened. We smile at the ignorance, the naivete of the aborigines, pity them a little. But should we search ourselves closely enough, might we not find vestiges of the old belief somewhere? The faintly hostile feeling that the doctor could have saved the patient. It must have been around midnight. She'd gone to bed hours before, but I stayed up reading. And I read till my head ached. I thought of getting something to quiet the throbbing, but before I could, the book slipped out of my hand. I was not precisely asleep, but not really awake either. Somewhere in between. So the knock at the door seemed faint and far away. The next time it was louder. And very loud. Very loud indeed. drama, Date of Death, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Elspeth Eric and stars Norman Rose and Larry Haynes. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores and Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. dies of heart failure. So long as that great muscle inside the chest, a little to the left of center, keeps pumping away, we're alive. Not in very good shape, perhaps, but undeniably alive. Once it stops doing its work, we're just as undeniably dead. But long before it quits for good, it may falter, hesitate, act badly. It has been impeded in its unceasing work. It has been attacked. I'm Matt Porter, Dr. Matthew Porter, Matthew Cranshaw Porter, M.D. But this is the story, not so much of me, though I do play a part in it, but of one of my patients. It is his story as I have reconstructed it in my own mind. Obviously, I was not, could not be with him at all times. Not with him physically, not with him mentally or emotionally. But he was my patient, and he was my friend of many years. And I think I knew him better than anyone, including his wife. So I have appointed myself to tell his story. The story of David Jensen. I have to start somewhere, so it might as well be in his hospital room. On the day I went to tell him that I had discharged him, and he could go home. All set, everybody? Just about, Matt. I've signed you out, Dave, so any time. Yeah, I'm ready. Well, I have to finish packing. Need any help, Mrs. Jensen? No, thank you. Then I'll go and order up the chariot. Uh, Dave, you glad to be getting out? Oh, yeah. Where are the books? Uh, somewhere around. Oh, heaven. They're under the bed. Yeah, what are all those? Oh, just some books he's been reading to pass the time. Let me see those. Now, Matt, they let, let me see them. They're mine, Matt. 
You and your heart. The healthy heart. How to live with your heart. Oh, holy. Have you been reading these days? Well, why not? What for? Well, I had a heart attack, didn't I? The more I know, the better. Anything you need to know, you ask me and I'll tell you. Well, I didn't want to bother you. Not a bother. How many times do I have to tell you that? You want me to go over the whole thing again with you? Then if you think I've left out anything, you can ask me, okay? Matt, there's no need. You don't have to. I want to. I want to set your mind at rest. My mind is... You had a simple heart attack, something called a posterior infarction. Myocardial infarction. Oh, boy. You've really been reading up, haven't you? Now, a posterior infarction is a minor occlusion of the right coronary artery. Resulting in the death of heart muscle tissue. The posterior artery is the one on the back surface of the heart. The one on the front is the anterior artery. You really don't need me at all, do you? You know all about it. Well, I know a little. You know what they say about a little knowledge. It's a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. Truer words were never spoke. Or writ. Uh, whatever. Now, an occlusion like that can be caused by a thrombus or blood clot. You have no thrombus. It can also be caused by a spasm. That's what caused your attack, a spasm. A mild spasm. Matt, I'm only 42. You can live to be 92 if you take care of yourself. 42 seems awfully young. Mm -hmm. Children of six have had heart attacks. Oh, Matt, no. Even younger, as young as two. Unbelievable. Oh, terrible. Now you are on a mild anticoagulant. Janet will keep you on a low-salt diet. You bet I will. No fats. Check. No booze and no cigarettes. Check. Wheelchairs here, Dr. Porter. Uh, give me the books, Matt. Oh, no. No, no, no. No books. No fats, no cigarettes, no booze, and no books about heart disease. Read uh, Dickens, Hemingway, read Playboy. I paid a lot of money for those books, Matt. Now hand them over. No, not on your life. Here, nurse, uh, take them out to the charge desk and throw them in the incinerator. Matt, come on now. Uh, you're all packed, Janet? Well, if you mean it about the book. I mean it. Then we're all set. All right, let's go. Lunch will be ready in a minute, Dave. Uh, whenever you say the word. What's that you're drinking? Uh, mostly water. Water and what else? Uh, a few drops of whiskey. Dave, you're not supposed to. Not Never mind what Matt said. It's his fault anyway. What's his fault? Uh, he shouldn't have taken those books away from me. He was absolutely right. You're the kind that can work a hangnail up into a blood poisoning. You always have been. I'm going out. But, well, lunch I'll is I'll be back. Where are you going? I said I'll be back. <laughs> Yes? Mr. Jensen, I thought we let you out of here. I came back for something, my books. What books? Well, you know, the ones Dr. Porter told you to get rid of. You, uh, you didn't, did you? Well, I don't know what I did with well, them. Well, try and find them, will you? Well, I wouldn't know where to look, Mr. Jensen. If you don't mind me putting in my two cents, you just made a fine recovery from a mild heart attack. Now, why don't you just thank God and go about your business? Mr. Jensen. Mr. Jensen, I didn't mean to offend. Oh, well. Yes, sir, can I help you? I uh, have a list of books here. Oh, uh, yes, sir. Have you got any of them? Yes. Oh, but these are medical books. You don't carry medical books? No, very few. These are all books on heart disease. I'm afraid we don't have any of these in stock, but I'd be glad to order them for you. Well, how long would that take? Uh, at least a week or maybe two, possibly three. Oh, that's too long. I can't wait. Thank you very much. Excuse me. Yes? Uh, where would I find these books? Uh, 
Well, these are medical books. Yes, I know. But you have them in the library, don't you? But medical books are in the special section. If you just go out that door and down the hall, it's the first door on the left. Yes, thank you very much. Now, you leave those books alone, Janet. They're library books. And you're smoking. There's a law against doing anything to library books. Why do you insist on doing every single solitary thing Matt told you not to? Here I am, knocking myself out to keep your cholesterol down. And I appreciate you into... that. I really do, Janet. Then why don't you help me? Stop drinking. I don't drink much. Well, why drink it all? Why smoke when you're not supposed to, when Matt told you not to? Well, I have to do something to quiet my nerves. If you'd stop reading those books, your nerves might quiet down. Janet, I've had a heart attack. I have to know these things. A little knowledge. Yeah, yeah I know. Well, I, I'm going to have a lot of knowledge before I'm through. Don't you worry about that. Dave, I really... I'm going to bed. Okay. You? I'm going to read a while. It's almost 12 o'clock. So what? I just... Try not to wake me up when you come to bed. I won't. Sleep well, pleasant dreams. And don't read too long. You need your beauty sleep. Oh, sure. Night, honey. Night, sweetheart. Some of it absorbs 
But if enough of it doesn't absorb, uh, the artery, well, it balloons. Yeah, I, I read about that. Mm -hmm. Now, the aortic artery has a, a Y shape. The ballooning can occur there in the crotch of the Y. You follow me? Yeah, I follow you. When that happens... Well, when... When that happens, you'll have an aneurysm. Oh, you know about that? Yes, of course I know about that. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes this aneurysm is... Well, it can be so big, it fills the whole chest cavity. Yeah, and when it bursts, it's goodbye, Charlie. Well, I... Well, yes. And that's what I've got? Yes. Well, how, how long have you known that, Matt? Ever since I looked at the X-ray. Well, why didn't you tell me? Well, it's not the kind of thing you want to tell anybody. Because the aneurysm could burst at any time, any time at all. Yes. Now, why are you telling me now? I don't know. I mean, it didn't seem right to tell you, but it didn't seem right not to tell you. Dave, I've been agonizing over this for a long time. Tonight, I couldn't get to sleep. I, I couldn't relax. So I decided to come over here and tell you. I know it's a terrible thing to face, but at least it's the truth. Yes, I know. And, Matt, I appreciate it. I really do. I always want to know the truth. I always have, Matt. You, you know that. Well, it isn't the kind of thing you want to tell a patient, any patient, but... When the patient is an old friend like you, then it's a hundred times as hard. It's damn near impossible. But I mean, it tears you apart. Matt. Matt, don't upset yourself. Please don't. You see, I've, uh... I've known this for quite a while. Oh, you couldn't But have. I did. Believe me, I did. I, I may die tomorrow. I know that. Tonight, maybe. Dave. Now, you just... Just run along home and get some sleep. You did the right thing telling me about the aneurysm. You just backed me up on what I knew already. Now, you just run along home and don't worry about a thing. We talk a lot about the truth. Heaven knows plenty of people have written about it. The search for truth. Our right to know the truth. The truth shall make us free. Truth is beauty. Beauty is truth. Anyone would conclude that man is engaged in an unrelenting quest for the realities of his existence. But is he? Or, on the contrary, is he struggling constantly and desperately to evade them? In particular... The reality of his own demise. We shall return shortly with Act Two. At the end of our first act, David Jensen, victim of a recent heart attack, had a visitor. A visitor who told him that he had been lied to. That his heart attack had not been a mild one due to a mild arterial spasm. That it had in reality been the result of a massive aneurysm. A giant swelling at a crucial spot in the aortic artery. Jensen listened to the halting explanation, attentive, and oddly unperturbed. And when the aneurysm bursts, it's goodbye, Charlie. It could burst any time. Dave, this isn't the kind of thing you like to tell a patient. 
And when the patient is an old friend... Matt, I, I've known this for quite a while. I may die tomorrow or tonight. I know that. day. Now, you just run along home and get some sleep. You did the right thing, telling me about the aneurysm, Matt. You just backed me up in what I knew already. So you run along, Matt. Don't worry about a thing. I've got something to tell you. Uh, Janet. Uh, I, I don't like to wake you up, but this is important. Janet. Huh? Well, 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 I've, I've got to talk to you, darling. I've got something to tell you. Don't turn over that light. Well, what's the trouble? No trouble, no trouble. Everything is fine. Well, then what are you waking me up for? Uh... Porto was just here. Matt? Yeah. Yes, in the middle of the night? Yes, I know. I was surprised myself, but he had something to tell me. What could he possibly have to tell you? Uh, I'm going to tell you, darling. Well, tell me. Yeah. You see, it's been uh, preying on Matt's mind for quite a while. And, and he had to tell me the truth. What truth? About my heart. But we know about your heart. Matt told well, us. Darling, we thought we knew. At least... You thought you knew. I, I never thought I did. Not the whole truth. What in the world are you talking about? <sighs> Janet, I have an aneurysm. A what? An aneurysm. A huge aneurysm in one of my arteries in a very crucial spot. It's like a big balloon filled with blood, and any minute that could burst. While, while I'm sitting here on the edge of the bed talking to you, it could burst. I don't believe you. No, it's true. Matt never told you anything like that. No. No, not at the hospital. He didn't want to tell me because he didn't want to frighten me, but then he decided it would be... It would be better. It was his duty to tell me the truth. Of course, I already knew the truth. Well, how could you? Because, because I've been reading up on these things, Janet. So when Matt told me finally, he was telling me something I already knew. Poor Matt, he, he was really upset. Uh, when was he here? Well, just a little while ago. I didn't hear anyone. Well, darling, you were asleep. I would have heard the doorbell. The doorbell always wakes me well, up. He, he didn't ring the doorbell. He just knocked very softly. I, I hardly heard him myself. Well, how long was he here? Well, not long. We had a drink together. Matt Porter let you have a drink. And a cigarette. I... To steady my nerves, Janet. Poor Matt... He needed a drink more than I did to get up his nerve to tell me. Well, I, I simply don't believe it. You don't believe what? That I could die any minute? Die while I'm sitting here talking to I you? I don't believe any of it. I don't believe you ever have... You have a... a, a whatever it is you said. An aneurysm, darling. A swelling. I don't care what it is because I don't believe you've got it. Well, Matt said... I don't believe he said it. I'm going to call him tomorrow and ask him if he said it. He'll say no. You'll see. But he did say Whatever it. he said, it wasn't that. You just made that up out of whatever he did say. You twisted it and distorted it all out of proportion. Now, why would I do that? Lord knows, I certainly don't. Now, go to bed, get some sleep, and tomorrow I'll call Matt and make an appointment to see him and get this all straightened out. Come here. Take your clothes off and, and come to bed. Oh, no, I don't think I'll do that, Janet. I think I'll go out for a while. Where? Where are you 
going? Just out for a while. Dave! Deidre. Deidre, are you home? Okay to come in? Oh, sure. I was 
afraid you might have gone to bed. Well, I just got in a minute ago. Oh, where have you been? Oh, around, you know. Yeah, well, I can't blame you for that. Come again? Well, you put in a pretty terrible evening. What would you know about what kind of an evening I put in? Matt. Matt, I, uh, I understand. Understand what? It couldn't have been easy. On the contrary, it was very easy. Well, of course, I tried to make it easy for you, but even so, telling an old friend he could go any minute, uh, I know that wasn't an easy thing to do. I hope that the fact that I'd known it all along may be out. Dave, I give you my word. Janet's going to call you tomorrow. That's why I had to see you tonight. You see, she refused to believe any of it. Uh-huh. Oh, just what is it Janet doesn't believe? About the aneurysm? Uh-huh. Yeah, the, uh, the aneurysm. Yeah. You see, after you left, I woke her up and told her what you'd said. She wouldn't believe it. So she's going to call you tomorrow, and, uh... Matt, I uh, want you to tell her the truth. Tell her exactly what you told me tonight about the aneurysm and what it means, that it could burst any minute and I'll be finished. Oh, wait, wait a minute. I told you... Yes, at the house, at the house, man. When? When did I tell you? Oh, an hour ago, maybe less. What's the matter with you, man? I told you at your house an hour ago, maybe less, that you have an aneurysm? Matt, it's all right. I already knew it. I told you that. Dave, uh, look, Dave, just sit down. I'm all right. I'm perfectly calm. I never felt calmer in my life. All the same, I'd rather that you sit down. Okay, if you really want me to. I really want you to. Okay. Now, Dave, I want you to listen to me very carefully. You've been under a big strain lately, and fine. You have got things a little bit mixed up. No, I haven't, but that's all right. Dave, I was not at your house tonight. Not an hour ago, not at any time. Now, Matt, you were. We, we, We had a drink together, and you told me. Now, you listen to me. I did not come to your house this evening. I was nowhere near your house this evening. Oh, now, Matt, you're trying to kid me. Dave, I spent the whole evening with a girl. The whole evening. Up to about uh, 20 minutes ago. Oh, I know. I know what it is. You're sorry you told me about the aneurysm and you're trying to take it all back. Pretend it never happened. You never told me. But, but you don't have to do that because I knew it all along. What are you doing, Matt? I'm calling the girl I spent the evening with. The whole evening. Uh, Honey, I I want you to listen to me carefully. Uh, Don't say anything, just listen. I'm in kind of a bind here, and I need your help. I need to prove where I was tonight. Now, did you and I have dinner together tonight and then go back to your place and stay there, the two of us, until I left less than half an hour ago? All I want from you is a yes or a no. Is that true what I just said about where I was this evening? Yes. Okay. Now, would you mind repeating that word for someone who is standing right here next to me? Uh, Go ahead. Yes. Uh, Thanks, baby. Well? Well, Dave? with a flat denial of something you know to be true? Have you ever been told you did not see what you saw, do what you did, say what you said, and hear what you heard? Has such a thing ever happened to you? If it has, you know that your inner response was too deep for anger, too deep for indignation, or anything but the most profound and appalling disillusionment.
We'll return shortly with Act Three. Jensen is in the home of his friend and doctor, Matthew Porter. He has come there to tell him that his wife, Janet, did not believe that Matt had come to their home earlier in the evening to tell David that he suffers from a giant aneurysm in the aortic artery, which might at any moment burst and cause his death. Dr. Porter has denied saying any such thing. In fact, denied being at David's house at any time during the evening. What are you doing, Matt? I am calling the girl I spent the evening with. The whole evening. Yes? Uh, honey, uh, listen to me. I'm in kind of a bind here. Uh, I need to prove where I was tonight. Now, did you and I have dinner together tonight and then go back to your place and stay there till I left less than half an hour ago? Just answer yes or no. Okay. Now, you mind repeating that word for someone who's standing right next to me? Go ahead. Yes. Uh, thanks, baby. Well. Well, Dave. How could you do it to me, Matt? Do what? Set that thing up with that girl. Who is she, anyway? A girl. The girl I spent the evening with. How in the world could I set anything up? Why would I? You wanted to spare me, and I appreciate that, Matt. I know you meant to be kind. Kind? But you were right the first time when you told me about the aneurysm, when you told me I was going to die. I, I know you regretted it afterwards, and you set it up with this girl to say that you never told me, never, never came to the house and all the rest of it. Now, you look, Dave. I can see that you really believe that I came to your house. Matt, you did. No. No, I didn't. But you think I did, so what we have to do now is figure out why you're so sure I did. Now, Dave, this is what I think. The only thing I can think. You had a dream. You dreamed the whole thing. Oh, no, this was no dream. A nightmare is what it was. You see, well, you had a big shock. Any kind of a heart attack is a shock. Not just a shock to the heart, but a shock to the whole nervous system. All of us. We go along with some sort of conviction that we'll live forever. I don't know where we get the idea, but we all have it. Now, a heart attack is a reminder that we won't, and that is a shock. Besides that initial shock, you wouldn't let go of the thing. You went all over getting books about heart disease and reading up on this terrible reminder. You know, it wasn't a very bright thing to do, but you did it. Oh, I had to know. Anything you had to know, I'd already told you. But you didn't really trust me didn't really believe me, in spite of the fact that we've been friends for 20 years, in spite of the fact that I'm supposed to be a pretty good doctor. Oh, you are, man. I don't think you'd have believed anybody. Anyway, you filled your head with a lot of stuff you didn't really understand, and you began to imagine the worst, and that brought on the nightmare. That's all it was. That's all it could have been. Please believe me. i got to be going, Dave. i got to get home. At least believe this. You do not have an aneurysm. Do you want me to show you the x-rays? I can get hold of them tomorrow. Good night, Matt. You've been awfully kind. Dave, what can I say? What more can I say? Nothing. You've said it all. And I appreciate it.
don't have to be what? so quiet. I'm not asleep. Oh, darling, I thought you might be. Where did you go? To see Matt. What for? Oh, about what happened tonight when he was here. Oh. You know, he denied the whole thing. Can you imagine? Well, I knew he didn't say you had an aneurysm. You, you simply misunderstood it. Darling, he denied he was ever here. He did? Yes, he said I'm... He said I must have had a nightmare. Oh. Well, of course, that's what happened. You fell asleep reading those books and you had a nightmare. Now, why didn't I think of that? No, no, Janet, I didn't have a nightmare. I was wide awake reading, and there was this knock at the door, very faint at first. He was afraid we might both be asleep, you see. And then he knocked louder, and I went to the door and let him in. Now, I made us each a drink. We sat down, and we talked. And he told me what I told you. You each had a drink. Well, I made mine very weak. I, I remember telling him. He, oh, here, look. Look over here, Janet. Here are the glasses. There's Matt's, and here's mine. You see, I didn't even finish mine. You see, mine is mostly water. Well, Matt didn't even touch him. Well, now do you see? He was here, darling. That's the proof. Now, how does he dare stand there and tell me he was never here? Well, maybe... Maybe what, Janet? Uh, no, nothing. Maybe Matt's not quite right in the head. Is that what you were going to say? I, I was going to say... Maybe we ought to see another doctor. No, I don't think I need another doctor. Matt is a very good doctor. I, I just think it was very hard for him to tell me the truth. And, and I think he regretted it afterwards and wanted to take it back, so he pretended it never happened. Good Lord, Janet, he's probably convinced himself it never really happened. He probably thinks he's telling the truth. He firmly believes he was never here. If he's that unfair... It's all right, darling. Really. It's just that he couldn't bear the idea that I'm going to die and... He had to be the one to tell me, but it's all right. Really, it is, Janet. Comfortable? Oh, yeah. Can I get you anything? No. But you might try coming over here yourself. That might help. Okay. Mm -mm. Poor, overworked doctor man. <laughs> well, it's not just the work. It's the patience. Mm. Here I am beating my brains out to get them well, and they're making me sick. I swear I'll die from trying to take care of people that don't want to be taken care of. Mm. Poor baby. You know, when I phoned you last night, mm. I was with a patient. At that time of night? Uh, patients don't care about the time. Actually, this was an old friend of mine. Heart case. Very mild attack. No reason he shouldn't make a complete recovery. Lived to be a hundred. But he kept brooding about it, reading books and all that. Got himself really worked up. Morbid. Well, last night, well, he had a dream, a nightmare that I had come to his house and told him that he was going to die. Oh, no. Poor thing. I couldn't shake it. And that's when I called you. Well, I hope that fixed everything up. No, as a matter of fact, it didn't. Oh? Why not? Because he is obsessed, that's why. You know, I, I'm going to send him to a psychiatrist mm. if he'll go, which he probably won't. Oh, honey, try to forget the whole thing. At least while you're here. <laughs> uh, what would I do without you? Mm. You'd find somebody else. Oh, patience will be the death of me, I swear it. 
Oh, honey, I'm sorry. Are you expecting somebody? Well, you know I'm not. Well, send him away, whoever it is. Oh, don't worry. Deidre, uh, I've got to please. talk to you. Not no, now. Well, to. there's somebody here now, please, this is Dave. absolutely oh, Dave. Dave, I... What, what, what are you doing here, Matt? Why, well, well uh, uh, Deidre's a friend. A friend? Well, yes, a, a friend. You two know each other? I, I didn't. I didn't know. You. Oh. Oh. oh, oh, oh. Matt. Call an ambulance, Matt, quick. Something. It's his heart. Tell them. What do I do? What do Call I do? Call the hospital. Ask for emergency heart unit. I begin trying to revive him myself. Thanks for spending so much time with me, Matt. Oh, Janet. Is the least I could do. Very least. Do you think you understand now what the x-rays show? There was no aneurysm. Hmm. Dave died of a massive spasm, like the first one, only violent. Yeah, that's what all the other doctors said. They were right. I, n- I never even knew he knew that, Deirdre. Any girl like that, I, n- I never... Uh, I, I don't think that he knew her very well. To go to her at a time like that, when he was so worried. Well, Deirdre is just someone to relax with. You knew her, too? Was slightly, yes. But it must have been more than slightly for him to have a heart attack when he found you with it. Janet, it's all over. It's all past. Let's not... I know, I know. I... Dave was... But he was obsessed. Obsessed with the idea of his own death. He wouldn't let go. Of course, I, I know you never came to the house that night. Of course I didn't. Still... Janet, you know that I didn't. Dave had a terrible nightmare because he was obsessed. That's all it was. Still, there are the glasses. What glasses? Dave told me he made two drinks that night. One for you, one for himself. Matt, there were two glasses. Janet, listen. Have you... Have you still got the glasses? I mean, have you washed them? I don't know. Maybe not. Why? If you haven't washed them, take them. Have them gone over for fingerprints. I promise you, you won't find mine. Poor, tired doctor, man. The way I feel, it's beyond tired. Mm, exhausted? Oh, beyond that, too. Mm. I just left Dave's wife. She still doesn't quite believe that I was not in their apartment that night. Well, you were with me. Dave told her he and I had a drink together. Mm -hmm. She said there were two glasses in the living. One his, one mine, supposedly. Mm -hmm. I told her to have them gone over for fingerprints. I really hope she does it. Matt, I wonder. Does an incubus leave fingerprints? A what? An an, an incubus. The evil spirit that comes at night and lies upon people in their sleep. You mean Dave was visited by an incubus? Well, why not? Dibby, you don't believe in stuff like that, do you? Oh, absolutely. You do? Well, you said he had a nightmare. That's right. Well, don't you know that one definition of a nightmare is a fiend or incubus? No, I didn't know. Well, look it up. A fiend or incubus that comes at night... To sit upon a person's chest. His chest, Matt. That could be his heart. Well, couldn't it? I don't know. I said... But... But why? From where? Who knows? 
Uh, unless you sent it. What? Sent the incubus? Why would I do that? Who knows, Matt? Who knows? Unless you do. relaxing the way it used to be. But I can't get the idea of the incubus out of my head. Especially the idea that I might have sent it to poor Dave in the dead of night. I'll tell you something. Not because you have any right to know. Not because I think you even care. No. Because I'd like to say it out. Out loud just this once. I never liked Dave. Not really. I never really liked my friend. The mystic and madman William Blake believe that a firm persuasion that a thing is so makes it so. That's a bit more than I can swallow. Though I'm sure there's a profound psychological truth contained in the observation. But I prefer the thought of August Strindberg that an obsessional conviction about supernatural powers causes events that confirm the reality of those powers. I'll be back shortly. It's human to think about the future because we're all so frightened. And the one thing about the future that is certain that we know is that it contains death. So, while it's only human to think about the future and therefore to consider death, it's not wise to think about it too much. Because if we do, it may come sooner than it needs to and cut the future short. Our cast included Larry Haynes, Norman Rose, Joan Copeland, and E.V. Juster. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and True Value Hardware Stores. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.
World Radio since 